0: Doot, doot, doot! We got football! What's up, guys? Alright, welcome back. Hope you're having a good day. Good morning. I'm sitting here with a fat cup of coffee. Uh, Let's talk some football. We got the Eagles coming up tomorrow. And it's been... So last week, week one, it was just super weird. We were up by 24 points with like five minutes left. And then there was just some crazy shenanigans between fumbles and onside kicks and playing prevent defense that allowed the Lions to make it a lot closer than it actually was. Um, Obviously, we lost Verrett. That really hurts. We also lost Mostert, both of them, for the year. And another quick update as far as injuries goes is it sounds like uh, Greenlaw is going to be out somewhere four to eight weeks. So it sounds like Greenlaw's been having some kind of nagging groin injury for the last a month or two throughout camp. And they were hoping that he would be able to play through it. And then I guess on his pick six, he really aggravated it. So they, he ended up getting some type of surgery on his groin, abdominal area. And don't know exactly how long he's going to be out. I heard four to six, and then I heard six to eight, and then I heard four to six. So somewhere four to eight weeks, Uh, either way, it's going to suck being without Greenlaw because he's a good linebacker. Good news on that part is that it's not season ending. Hopefully, it's only a month or two, so we'll get him back. And Aziz Al shair our other linebacker who's right behind him, he had a really good game against the Lions. And I know a lot of people have been high on him for a year or so. Um, I'm really excited to see what Aziz looks like because there was a couple plays that he made that were really impressive versus the Lions. He looks big out there, and he, he lays the wood. You know, he'll, he'll hit some guys, and he'll hit them hard. So we're going to just kind of talk preview in the Eagles. So as far as injury stuff, I already mentioned Verrett, Mostert. Really sucks. Probably the last time we see them in a Niners uniform. Obviously, you don't want to lose your best corner. Obviously, you don't want to lose the fastest running back in the NFL, fastest player in the NFL. Um, But you know, it is what it is. They're out for the year. So next man up. Uh, Greenlaw, we're going to be without him for a month or two. Kinlaw and Mosley. I just checked, um, at least as of Saturday morning, Mosley is doubtful. And I think Kinlaw is questionable. We could really use Kinlaw and Mosley. Our Our run game against the Lions was bad. Part of that, I think, is because of the wide nine that we were playing, the alignments, having those big gaps in the middle, as well as not having Kinlaw out there because he's just such a big body and he's such a good run-stuffing defensive tackle. Not having him is really going to hurt. So, yeah, Mosley, Kinlaw, really hope that they're able to play. I believe that they both practiced fully on Friday, yesterday. So, again, they're both, you know, doubtful, questionable. We'll cross our fingers. Uh, Really could use both their help right now because it's, it really sucks. But somehow we started this season being like, oh my gosh, look how healthy we are. And go figure, we've already lost, you know, a, a bunch of, at least three starters for half the season, you know, Between losing Verrett and yeah, Verrett, Mostert out for the season, Greenlaw out for a month or two, uh, somehow the injuries are stacking up. So I don't know. Maybe maybe the team is just cursed or maybe we need to, I don't know, the NFL needs to get rid of turf fields. I know that people have floated some statistics out there that you're like 25% more likely to can to sustain non-contact injuries like ACLs on turf versus on grass, but it is what it is, and, you know, what are you going to do about it? So, those two are questionable, doubtful. Um, We did end up signing running back Trenton Cannon, and... Not really sure what to expect from him. I think right now he's likely just going to be a a healthy inactive or a special teamer. Um, He's a straight-line speed kind of kid. He's been in the NFL for a couple years now. I think he's 26, 27 years old. He ran like a 4'4 flat. Um, Got some speed, but smaller guy. I think like five. 10 511 ish, 190 pounds or so. So, kind of smaller, straight line speed guy, uh, special teamer and kick return duties, most likely. Um, yeah, so without Mostert, obviously, we got to see the rookie go off last game. Um, love Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell, awesome. Uh, so, excited to see him this week. And we're probably also going to get some Trey Sermon in today. Or I guess tomorrow as well at the game. So my guess is that we get a healthy run game. Uh, and then uh, some of the other interesting things that went on. Um, I went semi-viral. So that was pretty exciting. Um, there's been a whole lot of this whole Iyuk gate thing. You know, like what's going on with IUK and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, like there's all this speculation and crap on the internet. And I just went out there on Twitter and I just said, wow, it's amazing how many people out here are better coaches than Shanahan. And I had like 400 likes and like 50 comments, which for me is basically going viral. Most of my tweets get like two likes. So that was kind of cool. And it's just kind of funny how everyone on the internet and Twitter and podcasts has all these hot takes and everyone thinks that you know, obviously the reason why Shanahan is the coach is because people on Twitter are smarter than him. So I'm not going to question Shanahan. He's too good of a coach. Uh, obviously he's not perfect, but you could definitely say he's a top five coach in the NFL. And it's funny seeing all these people on Twitter act like they know what's better than, you know, every, the coach. It's, it's just funny. <laughs> You know, got to love the uh, the armchair GMs and Monday morning quarterbacks coming out and saying, oh, I know what I would have done. And it's like, yeah, well, you didn't and you're not. So whatever, move on. Um, but let's talk about Ayuk. So Ayuk didn't have a single target last game, but he did play 25 or 26 offensive snaps. So there was a whole bunch of speculation as to whether or not he's in Shanahan's doghouse. You know, quote unquote, the doghouse. If He's in trouble. And from what I'm hearing, it sounds like the what's basically happening is Ayuk had a really impressive rookie year. They really like him. Shanahan is extremely tough on wide receivers because he was a wide receiver and he did it based off of work ethic not off of being an elite athlete. And because of that, when he sees someone with a talent level of a Debo or an Ayuk, he wants them to maximize it because Shanahan picked Ayuk because he believes he can be a wide run, wide receiver one in the NFL. And he's going to push Ayuk. And if Ayuk isn't doing his best, then he's going to be like, no, you got to earn your shit. So, Basically, Shanahan is extremely tough on wide receivers. He has extremely high expectations. Debo was the number one guy last week. And then Trent Sherfield came in and textbook Trent, as he's been nicknamed, because he studies the heck out of everything and he works so hard. It sounds like Trent Sherfield has just basically been outworking Ayuk. And then Ayuk had the hamstring that set him back uh a week or so so he you know maybe lost uh he had a little bit of a setback a few weeks ago he had a couple drops so it doesn't sound that Iuke is so much in Shanahan's doghouse as Trent Sherfield has has outperformed and uh, been more consistent because Iuk had a couple drops in the preseason and he had the hamstring that slowed him down, so he might not have the chemistry. Sherfield, on the other hand, he's doing everything right, and he is just making plays. He looks great out there. So it's a positive problem in the sense that with how good Ayuk is, Sherfield is actually beating him out. So I expect Ayuk to respond well this week. It sounds like he has. Uh, everything we heard from the coaches was that Ayuk had an extremely good couple days of practice, so I think Ayuk is going to bounce back. Uh, I don't think that it was necessarily that he had a lingering hamstring so much as, again, the hamstring that he had a few weeks ago paired up with the inconsistencies in practice and the couple drops is what made him the 2B to Trent, Shurfield being the wide receiver too. So Debo's number one. And right now you got a 2A, 2B uh, with Shurfield and Ayuk. But hey, you know what? If that means that now we have Ayuk responding well, because we know how good Ayuk can be. If Ayuk responds, think about how good our wide receiving core is. Debo just went off for 190 yards against the Lions. We've seen Ayuk do something similar. Uh, if you remember last year, Ayuk had that crazy leaping play where he caught the the end around or screen pass. I forget what it was. I think it was I think it was like a a a motion to a screen pass, and then he like leaped over the guy. That was against the Eagles. So um, I have a I'm curious to see what's gonna happen, but I think we might have a good game from Ayuk. Uh, it's it's a positive problem thinking about how many good uh, offensive weapons we have. You know, if we if Sherfield is legit and Ayuk, you know, kind of gets more consistent, then we've got a legit three really quality receivers. We've got a veteran and Sanu, and then you've got Kittle. I mean, geez, think about how good those top three or four receiving options are. That's uh that's very exciting. Expect a bit more eleven personnel. But anyways, enough about Ayutgate. I'm not going to sit here and speculate for an hour like some people have been. Uh, I think the biggest question for this game, though, is who's going to be the starting cornerbacks? Because Diamador Lenore has played very well in preseason, and he had a really good game last week against the Lions. I will say that he didn't look as good when they moved him into the nickelback position, the slot. Later on against the Lions, I think he's more comfortable playing outside, although I think long-term, a nickel is a better fit. He's played really well on the outside, and having a quality outside receiver is more valuable than having a slot, especially in the scheme that we run. Now, with Verret out, it brings up a big question as to who is going to be the other starting corner. So Mosley is either questionable or doubtful. Now, if Mosley is good to go on Sunday, then that's who I want out there. I think Mosley is significantly better than Josh Norman or Dante Johnson or Drake Kirkpatrick or whoever it is that they want to roll out there uh, that's not Mosley or Demo. I would say Demo and Mosley currently are our top two outside corners. Obviously, we got Nickel locked down. With, um, with Kwon Williams and if Mosley is not in though the big question I think comes down to are you going to go Dante Johnson, Drake Kirkpatrick or Josh Norman? Now I think part of that depends on what we're going to play offensive scheme wise and also who is the better mostly just who's going to be better scheme wise I personally think that if Mosley can't go, I want Josh Norman on the outside. Uh, Not to say that he is extremely good, but his competitiveness, he brings a veteran presence. He knows the game. He's going up against a rookie wide receiver and a second year wide receiver. So he does have that going for him. And I do think that, Josh Norman, I feel more confident in his ability to diagnose plays. And I also feel better about him in terms of tackling than Drake Kirkpatrick. The only thing I know about Drake Kirkpatrick is that he played really badly for the Cardinals and that he used to be on the Bengals. And he's old. So I, I have zero confidence in Drake Kirkpatrick. What I mostly want our corners to do this game because scheme-wise... And let's get into this. Let's let's go scheme-wise, the Eagles offense versus the Niners defense. So, the Eagles put up a bunch of points last week. They beat a very bad Falcons team and they beat them very badly. I think it was 33 to 6 or 36 to 6, something like that. They scored over 30 points and they kept the Falcons to 6 points. Now, the scheme that they were running was very collegey in the sense that it was a whole lot of short passing out of shotgun and a lot of scrambling from Jalen hurts. So Jalen hurts is a tremendous athlete. I think that, uh, when he went to the combine, he did some testing. I think he ran like a four five or a four, six, you know, he's got legs on him. He can run, He's got a decent arm, uh, and he played really. He didn't really play all that great last year, but he did play very good last week. Now, when I say very good, I mean very efficient. Jalen Hurts did not take a whole lot of shots down the field, and most of his passes. And I'm looking at his target charting, so his average depth of target last week was extremely low. I think he had the lowest depth of target in the NFL last week with around like three yards. And then he was relying on his receivers to get yards after the catch. So there was a whole bunch of uh, very, very short passes. I'm looking at it right now and it looks like about 12 passes were at or behind the line of scrimmage. So you figure that's a whole bunch of screens, a whole bunch of like dump off to the flat, um, and then he only took he only took one shot that traveled over twenty yards. He took one that traveled twenty. He took one that he took for twenty five, and then other than those two passes, pretty much every single y- every single pass was less than fifteen yards. So what they're gonna do if they keep up the same offense is they're going to have a whole bunch of short passes and they're going to rely on their two receivers to make plays and get yards after the catch. Now that is a concern because they have two very good receivers in Jalen Rager and Devonte Smith or Devonte Smith, however you pronounce that. I always get it wrong. So you have two first round with receivers and they're both, uh, sneaky, elusive and quick and hard and elusive in elusive in space. So if he's dumping the ball off, even if it's only, you know, even if it's a screen pass or they're only dumping the ball off five yards and getting yards after catch, excuse me, what we're going to need our corners and our safeties to do is tackle. And be good tacklers. So that's why when it comes down to who's playing corner, I want the guy who can stay, keep them underneath. You know, I want, I just want our guys to stay on top because those receivers are so fast. I mean, Jalen Rager, I think he ran like a four-four flat, and I don't know about Devonta Smith, but he's pretty quick and uh, he's extremely shifty, elusive. He's a good route runner even if he is only like 160, 170 pounds, um, just, you know, again, elusive, great athletes. There's a reason why they were first-round wide receivers. They are very young, so we need to keep everything underneath, and we need to tackle well. We're probably going to play a similar scheme to the Falcons, but the difference is that the Falcons' defense is trash. And they were like not even trying to tackle. Uh, yeah, just the Falcons can't tackle. And that is, I think why they allowed that, why, why that happened. So again, the main thing is that with our corners, we want to keep everything in front of them. So I'm expecting a lot of cover three, uh, probably some cover four, um, Cover I mean, the main thing is I just, I want to make sure that everything is kept in front of us. I don't expect us to play a whole lot of man coverage. And I don't think we should just because of the matchup. I really don't trust. uh, I I don't really trust Demo, Mosley, Josh Norman, Dante Johnson. I don't trust them to go man on man with Jalen Rager and Devonta Smith. That's just, that's not a matchup that I like. And on top of that, when you play man coverage, it also leaves the quarterback open for scrambling opportunities. Now that kind of brings us to the next thing, which is the scrambling ability of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts had over 60 rushing yards against the Falcons on only about seven or eight runs. So the kid can run and as with every team, it's it's difficult to playing a a quarterback that's that mobile. It is always difficult because you have to play contain, and it just brings up extra time that your wide that your corners need to cover the receivers because, you know, they can the quarterback can buy time by running around and running around, and you got to keep an eye on him because if you're not careful, he can take off for a first down or a ten or fifteen or twenty yard gain. So it's going to be very different from playing Goff. Jared Goff is very much a dropback play action rhythm uh, type of passer. Jalen Hurts, they're going to play a very college offense, a whole lot of short passes, a whole lot of quick passing, a lot of screens, uh, not a whole lot of play action stuff, and they're going to rely on a lot of yards after catch, and Jalen Hurts can run around and make things difficult. So... Uh, That's what we're looking at as far as our wide receiver and corners. Now, tight ends, they also have two pretty good tight ends. They've got uh, Zach Ertz, who is very much kind of like a move tight end. You know, he's not really a blocking tight end. He is a big receiver for all intents and purposes. And also they've got Dallas Goddard, who's a really good tight end. So they've got... Two really good first-round receivers who are young, quick, elusive, get yards after catch. Great route runners with speed. They've got two quality tight ends who are good pass catchers, both of them. And they also have a really good offensive line. So Jason Kelsey in the center, Brandon Brooks at guard, Mylotta, their left tackle, uh, they also have the first round pick. I want to say, I think he was the first round pick. Uh, must be getting that wrong. Um, oh yeah, they've also got Lane Johnson. So you know the the Eagles' offensive line is very good. It's very good. It is very much a strength. Uh, it's going to be actually I would say kind of similar to the Lions in the sense that they've got a a good they've got a very good center. Uh, they've got quality guards and they've got quality tackles. So the Eagles have a really good offensive line. They're going to do a good job protecting Jalen hurts. And they're also probably going to do good in the run game, which brings us to the run game. So run game, Miles Sanders went off last week. And again, you know, the the Falcons are so bad on defense. I don't know what they're doing if they're just telling guys, hey, don't tackle, but they are terrible. That being said, Miles Miles Sanders, he's a good running back. So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have to be careful because this this could be a legitimate offense, and they've got basically they've got a whole bunch of weapons, and they've got an athletic uh what do you call it? Like an athletic point guard. You know they've got a they've got three they've got two really good receivers a couple of good tight ends a good running back they're all good they've got five or they've got four or five legitimate offensive weapons and they've got a quarterback who can buy time that's willing to get the ball get the ball to his guys and he was very efficient last game he had three touchdowns no interceptions good completion percentage. Again, he wasn't throwing the ball downfield, so it's going to be a whole lot of short passing. we got to make sure that we're tackling well, and we got to make sure that we're containing Jalen Hurts. Um, I expect to see... I hope that we play less wide nine. Um, I would like to see more regular fronts. I also don't want to see Eric Armstead at the edge as much. Um, He's... Eric Armstead is very much what he was drafted as, which is a 3-4 defensive end, meaning he is good at playing 3-tech from a pass rushing perspective and heads up on the tackle, like a a 4 or a uh, 5-tech on base downs. So he's a good run defender on the end, and he's a better pass rusher from the inside. Now, what I would really prefer, if we do decide to go wide nine, please have D Ford, Cam, and Bosa on the edge. If you're going to go wide nine, put Armstead in the middle or put like DJ Jones and Kinlaw in there. If we're going to go wide nine, we need big bodies in the middle and we need speed on the edge. And we need big bodies to clog up that run game because, again, they're going up against really good... A good interior offensive line, and they have a really good running back. Uh, and then our ends, we need speed so that we can contain Jalen Hurts. Uh, I I have zero confidence that Armstead is going to be able to play contain on Jalen Hurts. And if we can't contain him, then you know he's just going to run and scramble and buy extra time. And looking at Jalen Jalen Hurts's passing chart. I would say 75% of his passes went to the right side of the field. Uh, I don't know if that was because they were picking on a guy, but it seemed like he was always rolling out to his right. And because of that, I don't want Armstead trying to contain that side. Like, no, please. If you're going to play contain either like just put Ebu Cam or Bosa, uh, but put, put our speedy end guys out there. Don't put our big ends out there especially if we're playing the wide nine. Um, if we're playing more of a standard defensive front, I don't mind it as much on early downs, but I would still prefer that uh, we put Armstead on the inside. We've actually got depth at defensive end this year, so that's a good thing. You know, Bose is healthy. He had a great game. Uh, D Ford, he's healthy. He also had a great game last week. We brought in Arden Key and Ibukam Cam so that they could, you know, give those guys a breather when they need it every couple series. And, you know, Arden Key and Ibukam, Cam, those guys are both athletes as well. So I don't think that they're nearly as good of the pass rushers as Ford and Bosa, but they both run like a 4 6 ish, a 4 7. You know, they, they can chase down Jalen Hurts and contain him at the very least. And that's what I want is I want Hertz contained because he didn't have very many passes from the pocket. It was a whole bunch of scrambling and a whole bunch of screen passes. So, um, that's kind of what I'm looking for. As far as our linebackers, um, Aziz and Fred Warner. I, I like both of them. I mean, Fred Warner, best linebacker in the NFL. Aziz really good game last week against the lions. Uh, I would like to see if uh, I would like to see D'Amico Ryan's using Fred Warner to take away the tight end. So whoever their number one tight end is this week, I want Fred Warner covering him because Fred Warner can cover either one of those guys. And I don't want to just see Fred Warner like out in a zone uh, and allowing a whole bunch underneath, I want him erasing the tight end. Because if we erase the tight end, that means he has to go to, to his uh, wide receivers. Um, but yeah, either way, if Fred Warner is a great matchup against any tight end in the NFL. So I want him taking that guy away. I don't just want like some soft zone where the tight end can just get open underneath for five or 10 yards every single every single play. Because they will. All right. So, um, I think that's primarily what we're looking at in terms of their offense versus our defense. So again, from the corners and safeties, I want everything kept in front of you. I want secure tackling from the defensive line. I want to see contain and from linebackers, I want you taking away the, uh, I want you erasing the tight end. I don't want a whole bunch of easy tight end passes, any passes to the wide receivers. I want them tackled for no additional gain, and I want our defensive line to contain him. So those are the three things that I'm looking for in terms of our defense versus their offense. And they did put up a whole bunch of points, but it was mostly late, and not a whole lot of it was, again, due to Jalen Hurts. He had one really nice touchdown pass. I will give him that one really nice one. it was beautiful. He dropped it in on the money like a sideline and it was right pretty much at the pylon 20 yards uh, to the sideline. it was it was perfect. It was a perfect pass but other than that like uh, he had it looks like one that was uh, kind of more of like a seam shot. And then he had a screen pass that I think went, Jalen Rager took it like 60 or 70 yards on a screen. So, I mean, yes, technically he gets the credit for that. But I'm not going to say that that was Jalen Hurts being amazing so much as it was just Jalen Rager making a play and them having a good screen schemed up. So, watch out for the screens. Keep everything in front of you, underneath Good tackling, contain the quarterback, and uh, Fred Warner on the tight end. Those are the main things I'm looking for. If we do that, I think that we can keep them under 30 points. And if we keep them under 30 points, I, I feel pretty good about this game. So, there we go. Now, let's talk about their defense versus our offense. So, one thing that I really liked watching last week was just our offense just running smoothly. It was like, it was like a well-oiled machine. I watched a I watched a video last night, Baldy's breakdowns. If uh, if you haven't watched those yet, I would highly recommend Baldy's breakdowns. are very entertaining, uh, they're very educational, insightful, and I loved how he was showing how the first three plays of the game. They used uh, a motion. they, They motioned Juice over for an outside zone for an additional block, and that's when Raheem ran for like 10 yards. They did the exact same thing, just going the other direction, where they motioned Dwelly over, and he got the additional block on an outside zone running play. Then, they showed the same motion going the other way again. So it looks like the exact same play, three plays in a row, where we gained 10, it was like 11 yards, then nine yards. And then that next play is when we had Kittle uh, leak underneath, and then Jimmy hit Kittle for a 20, 30 yard pass. So Shanahan is just genius in terms of showing something, showing something, and then using what he showed to set up a big play. So um, I expect to see a very good first and third quarter out of our offense. I want to see the offense get humming. Jimmy had a really good game last week, and I hope that he has another really good game. If Jimmy plays like he did last week, then we're gonna have, we're gonna have a good season if he keeps that up because he was really good. I think PFF ranked him in like top five just in terms of like, you know, their grading. Again, PFF is not gospel, but Jimmy was very efficient last game. He was hitting his guys on target. He was accurate. He was hitting them. He was hitting guys downfield. I want to see Jimmy's passing chart because Jimmy was hitting Debo and Kittle for 15, 20, 30-yard routes, and it was beautiful. So offensively, the matchups. Now, our offensive line dominated last week. This week it's going to be a lot more. It's going to be a lot more difficult because the Eagles have a very good defensive line. They've got, um, gosh, I can't remember all their names, but Fletcher Cox, one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, has been for the better part of a decade. He's really good, really disruptive along the interior. Uh, they added another guy. Let me pull up the uh, matchups here. So defense versus There we go, defense versus offense. So Fletcher Cox, they also added Vernon Hargrave, Vernon Hargrave who's a very good defensive tackle from the Steelers. And they've got Barnett and Graham on the end. So they've got a very good front four defensive line. Um what is what is very interesting and I think this defense is going to be very, very difficult to diagnose. It's probably the best way to put it. Uh, their new defensive scheme—it's very much a hybrid multiple defense. Their defensive coordinator—he—it's his first year, and he plays all kinds of crazy stuff. So, it's not going to be any kind of standard, uh, standard you know, just standard offense versus defense or whatever. Um, They're they're Oh yeah. They've also got sweat on the uh, defensive line, you know, former first rounder. So there's another really good defensive lineman. Um, But what I was getting at is the defensive scheme that they're running. It's, it's, they're going to be something very different every single play. And you really don't know what you're going to get from them. You know, they could be playing a cover two, a cover three. They could be playing a 4-3. They could be playing a 3-4. Uh, they've been known to go like three three five. So what they're going to be asking their guys to do is going to change nearly every play. That is very much a boom or bust kind of thing. And what I mean by that is that Shanahan typically schemes things up because he's he's expecting a certain coverage based off of what they've showed him that they're going to play off of an offensive play. So in other words, Shanahan will run a play out of a formation and he'll see what did they do. And then he will use that to set up the next play, which attacks a weakness in that coverage. The tricky thing, though, is that if they're changing their coverage every single time, it's very hard to predict that. Now, because it's hard to predict that, Jimmy's pre- and post-snap looks are probably going to look very different. They could come down looking like they're in something very simple as far as, like, you know, a single high or cover one, cover three. And then next thing you know, it could shift into some, like, uh, like, three, four fire zone cover two shell out of nowhere. And that screws up the play. And now you've got a blitz coming off of a side that you didn't expect it. So Jimmy's going to have to be very quick with his eyes. He's going to be have to be very disciplined. So that's where it gets a little bit scary, especially when you've got a very good defensive line coming at you. The good part about that though, is that Shanahan likes to attack linebackers and the Eagles have bad linebackers and on top of that because they're constantly changing assignments it is very likely that it will lead to some busted coverages so i think this game we're unfortunately i i know shanahan is going to dial up some genius plays but unfortunately, I think we're going to have to rely, rely a lot more on Jimmy making good decisions and our playmakers making plays after the catch, which obviously they're great at. You know, you think about Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, like they're amazing after the catch, but they're going to have to be making plays and they might have to dial out, uh, bail out Jimmy. I would not be surprised if Jimmy throws an interception or two in this game because they've got Darius Slay. I know he's a little past in his prime, but Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, um, Nelson. I forget who Nelson is. Steven Nelson, you know, figure uh, their three corners. They're solid. Uh, Darius Slay, pretty good. Avante Maddox, pretty good. Steven Nelson, solid. So they've got a really good defensive front, and they've got a couple of good corners. Safeties and linebackers, not really too concerned about, especially when you're talking about matching up against Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. But, I mean, if their corners make a play, I wouldn't be... I, I think that we're going to see one or two interceptions this game out of Jimmy. I, I hate to say it. But if they're constantly switching and shifting coverages and their pre-snap look looks entirely different from the post-snap look and there's guys dropping into coverages and lanes that you don't expect them to be there, then that's going to lead to turnovers. And that's what we've seen from Jimmy is that he is known to throw a bonehead throw or two, one or two per game. And a lot of the times it's just him not seeing the underneath guy in a place you didn't expect him to be because the, the post-snap wasn't what the pre-snap was. So I want to watch out for that. So what I honestly am expecting is a heavy dose of the run game and maybe we see a little more Trey Lance. I don't know. I, I think we probably get more than four Trey Lance plays this week. For the simple reason being that I think it helps out our run game. And I think Shanahan is going to lean on the run game as much as possible. Especially because of how tired our defense got last week. And we don't want... We don't want our corners out there for, you know, 50 or 60 passes. uh, Anything like that. What we want to do is control the ball. Smash it down their face. You know, just... Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And then when Shanahan does see something that he likes, I hope that he's patient with his, uh, with his shot plays when he does decide to take them. Because, again, you know, last week we played a terrible, terrible, terrible defense in the Lions. The Lions, I think, last year had the worst defense in the NFL. And they've had a bottom 10 defense for a decade. These Eagles, they had the Falcons to six points. And I know the Falcons are terrible, but they do have Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts. And uh, and a, a decent running game. Again, not amazing, but they held them to six points. So this is going to be a challenge. I think the defense is going to be very confusing. Uh, so I'm I'm expecting a heavy dose of run the ball. And that's what I want us to do. I want to see run the ball. If we are going to do some if if Shanahan is going to dial up some shots I just really hope that they are easy reads because again if if the Eagles are going to play this like weird it's kind of like the Kansas City with uh Steve Spagnola how like he everything looks everything looks different it's really unpredictable plays a whole bunch of different types of schemes except they very much run a 4-3 if this team is playing all kinds of different coverages, all kinds of different personnel, it's it's just going to be really tricky, and I do not want to get into a shootout where Jimmy G is having to throw against an unpredictable defense against a really good defensive line. So that's just kind of my thoughts. Um, but yeah, I mean, their defensive line, you know, Fret- Fletcher Cox, Vernon Hargrave, Brandon Graham, you know, Sweat. Uh, they've they've got a really good defensive line. They're they're rolling legitimately like five good players deep, uh, kind of like us. So you know their defensive line and our defensive line are both really really good units, and we both have really good offensive lines. So the trench battle is going to be interesting, and I'm I'm hoping we get a good dose of the run game. So just kind of my thoughts. Um. I do think that we're going to see a bit more of Ayuk. Uh, Ayuk didn't have any single targets. And one thing that we have seen from Shanahan is that Shanahan, you can never predict who the guy is going to be. So if I was to guess this week, we're probably, I want to see us run the ball like 25 plus times. And I expect it to be a majority Elijah Mitchell and then some Trey Sermon mixed in there as well. And probably a Jemichael Hasty or two. Passing. I want, I want Kittle. Give me just Kittle over the middle all day. Kittle is amazing and their linebackers are not. That is the matchup I really like. I really like Kittle versus their linebackers. What I like less is Samuel Ayuk and Shurfield versus Slay, Maddox and Nelson because their wide receivers are cornerbacks. That's I, I don't know who has the upper hand there. I would say it's it's close. So trench battle, close. Uh, wide receivers versus corners, close. But our tight end and our run game, I think, provides a significant advantage over their linebackers. So that's what I'm expecting. A heavy dose of the run. I want Shanahan to be patient and intelligent with the shot plays. We should be able to win this game, but it's going to be difficult. It's going to be in the trenches. Jimmy's going to have to make sure that he plays another good game because if we lose the turnover battle, we could definitely lose this game. The environment is going to be crazy. You know, Eagles fans. They this is their home opener. They haven't been able to be at a game in over a year, and they think their team is good because they just beat the Falcons. You know, by like thirty points. So. If we're down early, that stadium it could get very difficult, very loud, uh, very raucous in there, and that's not the kind of environment where I want Jimmy playing against an unpredictable, unpredictable defense when there's a whole lot of, you know, craziness going on. I know that Jimmy has moments he's done it. I was at the Saints game in 2019 where Jimmy had that incredible game and we had that last second field goal and it was like 43-41. That game was amazing. But I don't expect that from Jimmy every week. And that stadium, I couldn't hear in there. Uh, it was wild, but I, I don't want that. I don't want that to be the type of game that we have to play week two when we're down our best corner. So, yeah, I, I really want us to make sure that we're controlling it. We take an early lead So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for predictions. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I think that they're going to, they provide some matchups that are difficult. You know, they have good receivers. We're hurting at corner. They have a really good defensive line, a really good offensive line. So do we, um, they have an unpredict, they have an unpredictable defense. Our quarterback has been known to make dumb interception passes, um, I think we win, but I think it's going to be close. It's probably going to be... Vegas has, I think, the Niners as favorites by about three and a half points. I think it's probably going to be that. I think it's going to be a close game, a tight game. It probably will even be a nail-biter. I do expect them to win. This week is going to show us what this Niners team is made out of. So... If they go out there and they fight and battle every single second of that game, and we come out with a win, then I'm feeling really good, really good, really good about this team. Because we just—if we start the season two and zero, two road games, even after losing the pieces that we have lost—I feel good if we're starting two and zero on the road. That's a good way to uh that's a good way to start the season. If we do lose, it's gonna suck. It's not at the end of the world. We do have the home opener against a Packers team that is missing uh, one of their best defensive linemen as well as uh, one or two of their best offensive linemen. But and I think we should be able to beat the Packers next week, but obviously we can't really tell until we see what they what the Niners and the Packers look like this week, but I'm um, I'm thinking we should be able to come out two zero. It's. I gotta admit, I'm a little nervous. This is a tricky game. Uh, we should be able to pull out the win. You know, we're playing against a rookie head coach. There's a whole bunch of young players on offense. They're talented, but our our team has the experience and the talent where I think we should be able to we should be able to win this game. We should win it by. It's gonna be close, but I think we should come out with a win. Obviously, you never know. It's it's going to be a good game. I'm, I'm bummed out again that we got to do another morning game because now I got to wake up at freaking early on Sunday morning. I'm going to be drinking coffee watching this game. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, that's kind of my thoughts, my predictions. It's it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very different, very different from the Lions. We're playing a very good defensive front, an unpredictable defense versus a terrible defense. Um. We're playing an offense that is very different from the offense that we played last week. So very different game, but it should be a good game. And uh, I hope that you enjoy the game as much as I do. And I really hope we come out with a win. So there you go. Anyways, um, I will catch you next time. We will catch up Monday or Tuesday after the game. We'll do a reaction. We'll do a breakdown, see how things go. We'll be rooting for the team. And uh, like, subscribe, comment, follow me on Twitter, all that kind of stuff. I'll catch you later. Go Niners.